everybody, it's the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, back at it again, lighting the fucking beam in your goddamn podcast feed every week. Light the beam. I feel like I'm going to get sued by whatever fucking sports team that is. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I completely lost my, uh, you know how I normally have like a, like a pre, like we get into it question for you? I completely lost what I had this week, so I think I'm just going just gonna to roll straight into the usuals, but... Um. Yeah. This is. We're back again. There was more wrestling this week. There was some good wrestling this week. There was a huge fucking match announced this week. Uh, for next week, which we'll talk about. But what the fuck's the build? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just wait, wait, wait. Who is this guy, Charlie? I've never heard of him before. He wrestles in Mexico. What I've never is heard the story, bro. What is Mexico? I've never heard of wrestling. Anyway, um. Uh, where even is Mexico? I was, where is this guy in, wrestling? We had, we had to fucking chirp about it. But yes, no, the it that will be huge. That I'm excited to, to get into that next week for sure. <laughs> I walked right into that one, honestly. But um, <laughs> I, 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 you got me with that one. I had no idea you were going to even hit that. I, I was so like just – I was so into the intro. I didn't even notice that I was like – anyway. Oh, yeah. So – but yeah. So other than that fucking nonsense, which, of course, uh, you know, you guys know my, my my arch enemy is the rest of the IWC, you know, like – but, um, yeah, I mean – so actually, you know what? There's my pre-question because it's not – you know, I mean, it's – we'll we'll talk about it. I, I mean, we don't have – we'll just skip that when we talk about next week's matches because I'll just, I'll just hit it now. Like, how excited are you for Vikingo versus Kenny? I, I think it- – for one, being the return to Kenny Omega, other than singles. the other than the build, obviously. Yeah, I mean, of course. What's the you know what's the story? But that has been my favorite thing on social media the past twenty four hours is people kind of mocking that because there was actually some sentiment about that. Like people were trying to get at AEW, like, oh, what's the build? What's the story? And you know, I think they announced Cody versus Ludwig Kaiser, and all the replies were, "What's the build? What's the point of this match? And I, was like, I mean, God, like, do they just God not look at I mean, I don't. Okay, just, just <laughs> like, here's a story for you. Look at the fucking uh, Meltzer's rankings or the IWC or the PWI rankings. And notice how both of these guys, I think, are in the top 10 on all of those lists. Exactly. But no, but yeah, it's one of those things. Um, it, They tried to get this match in 2021, wasn't able to happen. And the time lined up perfectly. It's I, I can't believe it's going to happen. And we know AEW, they're going to give it the time. It's it's going to get a fat amount of fucking time. And they're going to go out there and deliver, hopefully, and most likely, the best match we've had on AEW television this year. And it's going to be beautiful. And maybe, the, maybe and, and this is a stretch, but maybe the best AEW television match of all time. It, it very well, the potential is there that it could be. And, you know, we sit here now, it's, it, I think one of the things is, I kind of talked about it a, a second ago, but... Kenny Omega's return to singles action. This has been something we've kind of been talking about recently on the show too, is like, it seems like they're leaning a little more towards that with Don Callis being upset and we'll get into it. But at the end of dynamite this week, you know, it Kenny wasn't it sounded like Kenny was the first one is like, I don't know about all this. So yeah, um, I'm very excited about it. I, I think it will be in all intents and purposes, a dream match between especially these two, individually talented performers so yeah i mean where, where's your excitement for it I, I i was uh saying i don't know how long ago this was on the podcast there's an episode y'all can go back and find uh, in the recent episodes where i was saying that they should try and get vikingo for an episode of dynamite because they were bringing in at the time we didn't have bandito and i don't even know if roosh was confirmed to be signed yet 
Like we had a couple of guys that got brought in like really close period that were really top wrestlers that were working in other companies at the time who ended up like Kness, Konosuke. I was afraid of us not get, there was like several guys that might've been like, you know, that WWE might, you know, have snatched up that I was like, um, hoping that AEW would get. Um, and I was hoping we could maybe go that way with Vikingo, you know? So for me, this is like, this has like, I've been, this has been like a, in my head build for a while now. You know what I mean? Like it was just when, not if, you know? So the, they're um, going to go out there and they want to put on a show. So, so I, needless to say, like very high. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm through the roof for this. This is the, this, this is maybe uh, it's weird. I didn't know this match was going to get booked, but it's been one of my most anticipated matches of this year already, even though I did have no idea it was going to happen. I, in my back of my head, when, I was like, if that happens, oh my God, you know, when we saw that little, that subtle tweet, like a day before where Tony Khan was like, I'm going to announce a dream match on rampage. My mind started flowing. I was like, Hmm. I was instantly thinking some people on the roster, but I, I, I did not – for some reason, this didn't cross in my mind. And I, I thought like just because Tony Khan doesn't really use that terminology all that often when he's talking publicly. So I was thinking it meant it must mean somebody international. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. – just because there's too many people that they already have access to with their relationships with Impact and New Japan. You know what I mean? Like not that they have access, but – you know, we've had Aussie open there recently in Ring of Honor, so that tells you where the relationship is at. It's obviously pretty good, you know. So, um, you know, this this match is so big that it genuinely could have made a vented Forbidden Door, and I know Forbidden Door is not between those two promotions, but I'm starting to think Forbidden Door is going to open up to a little more than just AW New Japan. I think we're going to see some other things, not not American. Yeah, we'll talk uh, not, more about that in news, yeah, I think. Not right? American yeah, wrestling so. companies, but this I think this match is that level. So yeah, all in all, we had a Why fun couldn't week. we have an impact star? I mean, they would have to have some dealings with another company. Yeah, I don't know probably. how the impact promo I think that's all over. They're the the cross promotion that those guys had for a little bit. I think that's oh, all I just over. mean that there are people that work in both impact and AEW. Which yeah, is I mean totally we talked true. about it last week. Chris Bay and Ace Austin would fit very well to be Swerve's new hitmen, so yeah, so I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like connected, but there's definitely like there's not like bad blood. I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know shit. But, um, but to, not to spend too much time in the opening because I, I just was that match is just I you know it's it's gonna be insane. Um, but yeah. So uh, before before we get into the rest of the stuff and our favorites and all that stuff, because you know we always like to start off an episode of this podcast with some positivity. This just so happens to be the first episode that you all are, are listening to, and you like that little flavor we had there at the beginning. You know, a little little bit of a tease for you to see what the rest of the show might possibly be like. Uh, then make sure you guys follow and or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on. Uh, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, uh, any of the other, um, you know, podcast platforms out there. Um, you know, uh, there's a, what's the other thing you can do? I don't, I, this is the part I should know how to, I should, uh, I should be a better host, but, uh, what is the other thing that they do on, a on, a on, a Apple, I think it is, right? Um, um it, it's pretty much just that we are under the connect program. So, uh, as far as I know, it, it, maybe it's higher quality. I, I don't know the specifics. But yeah, I mean, if you guys are partnered, if you guys are subscribed to the Apple Connect, we are a part of it. So don't want to don't want to bury Apple. You know, they they gave us that opportunity. So I guess we gave we have that opportunity. I guess we we shouldn't shouldn't you know shouldn't at least the, we should at least say something about it. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, 
but um yeah i mean other than that though i mean that's you know i i don't uh oh make sure you follow us and the podcast on twitter you can follow me at bane duke it's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-a at charlie sorry at charlie it's at it's at oh charlie with an x instead of an a for charlie (laughs) and in the uh podcast feed uh is or i guess i should say you can get to the podcast feed from there man i'm jumping all over the place but you can you can uh Follow us at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter as well for the podcast. You know, tweet us there. Hit us with the mailbag. Hit us with the you suck. Get a better podcast. Hit us with the um. You know, the who the fuck is Vikingo? What's the what's the story? You know, make sure what you tweet that. What is the story? Yes. No. Make um, sure you tweet at Tony Khan. What's the story? Uh, hashtag Eat Sleep Elite. No, don't do that. Anyway, um. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So um. And make sure you tweet at Tony Khan, hashtag light the beam. That's what you're going to tweet. Hashtag Tony. light the beam. You um, know, yeah, and I think it's uh, evens this week, right? So I'm jumping in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting to our favorites. So that means it's gone on you there. Bud, 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 pal, right. chief. So, oh, wait, are we in Canada, bud, pal, chief? We are chief in Canada, and AW is going to be in Canada a lot this year. And if this crowd was any indication, oh, my God. Uh, there's no need to ask what's the story here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we had the House of Black against the Elite. And the Jericho Appreciation Society. Are you sure? Has there been a story? Eh? Hey, man. There's been 18,000 different stories. However, my favorite story came after this match. And that was Riz Lord, Daniel Garcia, trying to, you know, (laughs) show Julia Hart what's up. But we'll get into that later. Um, (laughs) No, this this match was fucking awesome, right? They really gave uh, the hometown Winnipeg boys... The, the spotlights that they deserved in this match, even including them teaming up together at some points when it made sense, especially because, you know, I've said this before, but Brody King in this trios division, Garrett, he feels like he's booked like a fucking monster. And he was oh, again oh, this night. That's every match that's been my note. He just he seems like a fucking absolute bear, like a menace, a behemoth. He's just he feels like a world champion. And I, I, they teased it up last year. Remember, we had Brody King and John Moxley, right? It's like when you let Brock Lesnar get the championship in your 2K My Rise. Like you just, you're never, you're not getting it back. It's gone. At least in like one of the and games, and you know? Brody Brody King is being booked like a top level monster in the company right now, and I'm perfectly okay with it. So here we go. This match, so much happened here, right? There were there were so many like one offs and so many little spots here. I thought. Every all nine people looked really good here, which I guess is is what you want at the end of the day, right? And uh, God, I, I felt the emotion a little bit of having you know Don on the call with Jericho and Kenny, especially the second face off they had with each other when that crowd just blew up and then those guys were just throwing like the fisticuffs. You could feel it almost in Don Callis's voice, like just how cool this is. and. You know, when they probably started this company, this is probably something that they threw around. Like, you know, hey, man, when we get to Winnipeg, you already know we're going to have to face each other. It's probably who they might have been something even when they were talking about making this company. You know, Jericho's this was an idea that came to me a while back. I was like, bro, it'd be awesome if they had them both face because we didn't know because we didn't know one when the Canada show would be. And we figured it'd be pretty close because they kept talking about it so much. But yeah, it'd be much later, obviously, um, they obviously had to book it and stuff, but. And they had stuff already scheduled. But then it also, we, as we got closer, I was like, oh, Kenny's back. You'll be just so perfect. Even if it's just one-off match. You know, they, the last time they wrestled was in New Japan. You know what I mean? Like, so, or what, right? I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, no. He won it off Moxley. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, so. it was just, it was very nice to see. 
And so we'll kind of hit a, hit some of the moments here. I, I kind of want to cover the end of this match. And, you know, basically once, once Jericho and Omega, that second face off really got going is when we started kind of closing in on the end of the match here. Omega ended up connecting him with the Terminator dive. The Bucks wiped out the House of Black with some dueling dives. Garcia and Guevara cut off the Bucks as Garcia hit a huge suplex on Nick. Um, Guevara connected with a Spanish fly on Matt. God, Matt and Sammy, they always kind of, you know, every single time, I, I was like, hmm. It almost feels like they uh, teach each other some stuff. King teased the dive off the top, but Omega and Jericho cut him off with a double superplex, and that was that, that superplex I was talking about the fans just loved. And seeing them work together in that moment made so much sense to me. Uh, Jericho responded with a code breaker on Omega for a two. We then cut backstage and we see the Blackpool Combat Club in the Dark Order still brawling. Uh, Excalibur drops that Eva Luna was taken to the hospital. Um, it seems a little random at the time, but it came back into play. Omega got the knees up to avoid a lion salt. Matt hit Garcia with a locomotion Northern Lights, as did Guevara. Um, the Bucks tried a Meltzer driver, but Jericho laid out Nick with a code breaker in midair. Picture perfect shooting star press by Guevara on Matt. King breaks that up. King then squashed Garcia and Guevara with corner cannonballs. God, those look so vicious. Um, as King then tossed Guevara to Jericho as the House of Black wanted the hometown boy. Uh, Jericho tried to fight them off. It was spiked with Dante's Inferno. Omega breaks it up. Jericho got a bat shot on King with referee um, when Aubrey was turned. Guevara wiped out the elite with a shooting star to the floor. King kicked out at two. Jericho wound up for a Judas effect, but ate a roundhouse kick by Malachi. Jericho fell into a Garcia tag as he was planted with the Dante's Inferno to eat the pin. I, I thought all in all, this match was so much fun. Even the Kenny Omega, I, I didn't cover it, but Kenny Omega and Buddy Matthews, again, that their styles are just so beautiful together. When those guys got going with each other, I loved it. Malachi and Kenny, to me, is is still one of those singles matches. I just, I'm really hoping we see if... Especially now that we're returning, hopefully, to Kenny's singles action. I think that's more possible now than it was, you know, a couple months back. Uh, real quick, after the match, Jake Hager hits the ring, was beaten down by the House of Black. The Blackpool Combat Club and Dark Order brawled out from the backstage with Silver and Reynolds being taken out. Hangman Page finds himself in the middle of the ring alone against Moxley, Claudio, and Yuta. The Elite jump behind him for backup. Page didn't realize this as the crowd were freaking the fuck out. The combat club retreats. The final shot was Hangman Adam Page slowly turning to see Omega and Bucks. And we never get to see his reaction. And wow, this is one of those endings that, you know, when AEW first launched, we we would get some endings like this and people would just eat this shit up. They haven't done something like this in a while. And Holy fuck did it deliver. And Garrett, I think I, I think it confirms our theory of the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club's probably gonna be some of the big summer runs here. And those matches are gonna be stupid. But what did you think I, of the match? I, and bro, then what I think did you... we just got blood and guts. That I think we just found out what blood and guts is gonna be. I think yeah. basically, you know, like I, I, I hope that the women still get one. I hope they just do two. I mean, I yes, don't know they, they couldn't. I, I you know. hope so too. They, like, they why should. can't they? Why can't they? You know what I mean? I know it's supposed to be a big blow off, but like you could have to. I know it'll feel a little bit like when there's WWE's Hell in the Cells that they did for a while, but <laughs> those could have worked if they did them properly. They just never mattered. You know what I mean? It felt like. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah. 
I uh, this was perfectly built up. Like, if you watched the episode of BTE before this as well, like, it, oh my god, I love when they do this shit. Yeah, like they they're layering all the stuff in there perfectly. Uh, did you ask me a question? I'm sorry, I probably blew past it. No, no, I was just saying, what are your thoughts on the match, and then okay. uh, thoughts on the post angle because that's something oh, yeah, we've the been post talking angle. about. I was trying to figure out how you framed it. Feels it. Like. Yeah, yeah, the post angle. So I was just trying to figure out what to center what I was talking about around because I have obviously got notes, but I, I'm not going to talk mostly about the match because you, I think you pretty much said everything that I was going to say anyway, but. Um, Oh, there was a Subway Sammy chant at one point because of what he said in the promo earlier in the night. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, the, I thought the middle section of the match itself was uh, super well structured. I just wanted to say that about the match really quickly. Um, uh, so Hangman being saved by the Elite, yeah, like it, it does feel like it's it's answered a question that we've had ever since the Hangman versus Kenny match, which I think we would have gotten this payoff a lot sooner if Kenny hadn't had to go get all those surgeries, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think we've needed this for a while. And Charlie, you know who else is a part of the elite and is coming back like in like two weeks? That's Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, bye bye. So, and the last thing that Adam Cole, baby, did was attack the elite. So, I'm saying, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could do with that, you know. Um, so I'm just really excited. You know what? I'm gonna say the thing I say 15 times a week, Charlie, on this podcast. Which I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 you know, I, I don't really have like a whole lot of thoughts. I'm really glad this is, uh, I wasn't expecting this to be the direction, and I'm really glad this is what we decided to do. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. I, what else can you say? You know? <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It, it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I guess talk that takes... about sending the crowd home happy, dude. Sending the home. This was, um, you know what it is. This was a perfect example of people should want to tune in next week that tune into this episode now. You know what I mean? To see oh, what the hell's going percent. on. What happened? I mean, did he? What happened when he turned Do around? Do you think they should have done something on Rampage? Um, no. Uh, no one watches it anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have touched on Rampage. That's fair. All right, well, rewind all the way back to the very, very beginning of the show. Um, because that's where we're going. Uh, because we're doing a little reverse bookending here. Because um, I, fa- I, dude, so promo ended, or it's promo. Dynamite ended with a really good segment. Uh, a good go-home angle, if you will, or a good to-the-end angle, whatever you call that. Um but also opened up with an angle that you have been suggesting might be happening for a while. And they must've been planting the seeds and I was just ignoring it. But um, I, you know, uh, we got our four pillars finally colliding, Charlie. Um, yeah. Well, not our four pillars. Let me correct the four pillars. The, yes. The one AW's four pillars. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, and this was all a part of, so rewind even further back because they collided after, but the beginning of the segment was MJF's rebar mitzvah, um, which opened up dynamite this week, which I think was a good choice. Um, I mean, I think they usually open wrestling shows when they have these things, but sometimes, you know, it works better to just throw it in the middle part of the show where it's, you know, there's a down part, but people like the star that's in it. Anyway, I, I these are all things that wrestling fans that are even casuals know, you know, from just watching. Um, I thought, uh, you know, he looked fucking great in his outfit that he had for this. Um, MJF just fucking eating up the fucking crowd, you know. <clears throat> you know what I thought was interesting? It must have just been because we were in Canada. He was super over there, like baby face over. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they were loving it. Which good, but he he ultimately ended up getting the boo, obviously when he needed them to. But um, it was just really funny watching him try and fight them a little bit. And he was like, ah, fuck it, I'll just wait until I'm actually saying stuff that's heelish. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> and they, because they just wanted him to do it. 
And then out of nowhere, Charlie, we get the music of Jungle Boy hitting. And that was the first one that we got. And then after that, I believe we got, uh, I think Sammy came out next. And then we got Darby. And Darby got a fucking massive pop. Because this is the first time we've seen Darby since he lost the TNT Championship, isn't it? I know. Believe- oh, sorry, he's the reason why this happened. He said he was gonna. He was gonna make. Well, he said he was gonna make a, a, a statement on Dynamite, right? But this yeah, ended up yep, being last, part of this segment. last week on Rampage. God, that's so brilliantly built in. Now, if you watched Rampage, oh, it's so good. Anyway, uh, I just I love. See, long term storytelling. People don't get it. AEW does it all the time. They're just not paying attention. Anyway, um, I know that's not that long term, but like that's a seed that was planted that you might not have noticed, but there it was. Anyway, um, and. As soon as uh, Jungle Boy came out, he started tearing MJF down because um, MJF was basically talking, you know, about how he's like everything in the company before they all came out. He was like, oh, I'm the best. You know, this AW is me, all that. I don't I don't know exactly what he was saying before then. Um, but basically, this was a, a, a what I described it as in my notes, Charlie, um, was like, OK, so first of all, I should get I should get to the 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 big thing which was uh that he asked them what they were all doing there and they said they wanted a title shot all in unison which i thought that was awesome i don't know if they practiced yeah. that but that was awesome it was really um, good and uh but i thought this segment itself was actually a fantastic dismantling of mjf's character um like i thought uh they they hit a lot of points that i think like if you're a fan of of the show and you watch mjf and you're like into the kayfabe of what MJF is as a character. They hit all the points that you would to want to make it a compelling promo. It was just split across three different people, which makes them all retroactively look really good. You know what I mean? So I thought that was good. They were all on the same page, which makes me think this is kind of going to be like a three on one feud almost. You know what I mean? Like, and not in a traditional like fatal four way feud. They're all not going to be on a team, but they're all going to want to win. They'd all rather have one of the three of them win than him. You know what I mean? I think is how it's going to feel, you know, like. Um, I can see that. I don't think they're. I think they're still all going to be all way for themselves. But I, it feels already like it's going to be him versus three people. You know what I mean? Which is basically what this was, Charlie. This was a three on one promo battle. They were all on team one team, and he was on the other team, and they were all taking shots. And yeah, they took some small shots at each other, but for the most part, you know, look, there's two like uh, long term feuds that could come out of this too, Charlie. That I was thinking about. You could get out of this, and I would love if this is the direction they go. I hope that out of this four-way feud, we get two singular feuds, and I hope we get Sammy versus Darby because we need that. And because imagine the match they're going to have. Oh those my god, guys put their lives on. I mean, every wrestler, but to, Th- those to an extent, two. those guys. Yes. Really I really will I need, do I need that whatever match. it takes. I don't. I I know it's a scary match, and it'd be fucking painful to watch, and closing our eyes for every spot. But we we need that match. And I think that fucking a singles match between Jungle Boy right now at the level that he's getting to and with MJF at the level he's at right now, I think that's, yes. those, that's money. So, that, yeah, that, what, what thoughts on that? Because holy shit. I mean, yes, the, the breakoff matches that we could have in between this are beautiful. And yeah, last week when, when all three of those segments went back to back on Rampage, we, we were talking on this show like, hey, I, don't, I think they did that on purpose. and. You know, here we are, and I think they look like they all belonged. And you said it best. They were all calling out MJF shit because MJF has had the most protection. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the biggest ironic thing about all of it, which which was so nice. I mean, thankfully, the crowd was chanting Wardlow at him. I like that. 
doing a Wardlow. But yes, this four-way could seriously shape up to be something very, very special. And I love the lines that Jungle Boy hit about, you know, Max, have you even worked on Dark? Have you even worked on Rampage? It's shit like that. It's like, bro, tell him because you guys have. No, no, Meltzer said that's burying the company. You can't do that. (laughs) Well, I I don't know. Hey, to me, I I, I like that line because it shows that. I mean, we know why MJF's reason is, is because he's not a mark. That's what he keeps saying it as. But I would love nothing more than this to force him to maybe get booked on those shows and he's all pissed off. Like, if he shows up at the next Universal oh, no. that's, taping. That's, that's, I expect that's to be what, right? Like, maybe we'll get one MJF I hope the next match. Universal taping literally kicks off with an MJF match and he is so pissed off he doesn't want to fucking do it. And he's like, you can't make me. But what and, I know, think will like happen that. if we get those matches, Jungle Boy versus Darby on dynamite they might do the other one on dynamite too but probably that one goes on rampage yeah. oh especially if they're building towards a, a, a major program at double or nothing which i, I <clears> think <throat> they're going to do i mean i don't think this is just going to be something they no do yeah this will be a this because with four people that's you could get 12 weeks out of that you know the other feuds are going to be what struggles the actual singles and and, and you know tags even stuff. last week i was kind of saying I, I i think the only guy that needs a little bit more build up right now was sammy but i think sammy covered pretty well in this promo you know because Sammy was – he had such a good year last year at the beginning of the year. It's weird. I think it worked out for him, man. He's he's over as a heel as he ever was as a baby. Did face, you kind I of mean. feel the way he said the stuff about Jericho? I can't help but feel – I think he wants to get away from that, man. Like, mm, no. I think a little bit of his real personality slipped in there, and he he doesn't want to do this shit anymore with Jericho. I mean, I think – I agree. I think I think it was weird that they just shoved him in there. I think it was purely like – I think I, 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 had, I hit it on the head a while back. I think they wanted to get the perfect eights, you know what I mean, for that title reign, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I mean him. Him joining the Appreciation Society when he did was great. I, I and they had well, that's what such I'm saying. good I heat. think I think if he wanted to probably do that so that he could service that story because he was just a background character that he really wasn't doing anything, you know. <clears throat> and but I think I thought you were saying like his run where he was a babyface and then had to go heel. No, I, this current run with the Jericho Appreciation Society, I think he was good in it, but I. I agree. He's probably get away from it, but I mean, yeah, I, I think he's good in it too. I think, I think personally, I think he just wants to be done with it. Maybe I think maybe he's over that part of his career. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think when a wrestler is usually are usually wrestlers are right about that kind of stuff. So I don't disagree. I'm just saying, yeah. that I, I think, I, I think I just don't know how else he would get booked on TV with how many different acts they have right now. You know, it's tough. I'm not saying anything about Sammy. Out. Yeah. Very true. Too much. There's just too much to, to, you know, we know what he can do. We know what Darby can do. They can both be the most exciting thing on any episode of Dynamite. We've seen them be both. Both of them be it, I should say. But, you know, like, um, but you can't, there's not always time with Tony. You know what I mean? Like, he's got other stuff he wants to build, you know? Hey, man. So that happens when you're building so many stories. <laughs> Charlie, we spent 30 minutes on favorites. Oh, God, help us. That's the way it's supposed to be. So, yeah, um, that was our favorites this week, guys. Uh, I think those are by far the two biggest segments this week, not excluding the massive TNT title match that we had on Rampage. That was awesome. We'll get into that uh, shortly. But in the meantime, real quick, we got a little bit of news. We got some Ring of Honor results, which you know we'll spend a little bit of time on a couple of the matches, but most of them are just kind of results here. But yeah, so we got some news. So Sarah Stock has officially joined AEW as a producer and a coach. She was previously a coach at the WWE Performance Center from 2015 to 2020. Uh, and it, from what I saw, she was mainly working with the women. And she was furloughed from the company with from the COVID, uh, you know, during all their COVID cuts. 
And yeah, so, I mean, hey, those are some good years to be a trainer in that company because of how many great women's matches they produced. And, you know... Yeah, that's the vibe I've gotten. She was very involved in why a lot of those women's matches were such bangers. So, I mean, hey. I am all for bringing in more talent. You know, and it would make sense if somebody like that had been, like, maybe consulting recently. Because I'm not... Look, I don't know if you would agree with this, Charlie. I think the women have really, like... I mean, the match quality was always good. But I think in the last, like, six months, the women have stepped it up significantly. It's much more frequent now. The the big-time matches... And I mean, it, it may, there is a lot of common denominator in <clears throat> Jamie Hader, but a lot of the, a, a lot of the, we're getting a lot more frequent, you know, really high quality matches. So, and I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that this is something that's been going on more. So, yeah, uh, welcome to AW Sarah Stock. That was uh, one of Hell three yeah. this week. Three AWs. That was the only one that's not talented. So, I thought I'd toss this in here. Christopher Daniels, uh, as we know, uh, he is a the head of talent relations for AEW. He said in a recent interview that the relationship between AAA and AEW is still going very strong, and they're in a good position. And he said, "Yeah, Conan and Tony Khan had a meeting, and you know everything. They're trying. They squared away all the miscommunications and all that. So, I, I think that's a sign of why we're seeing what we're seeing now." is, you know, AAA and AW have a good partnership still going. So we've been covering here the New Japan Cup. Uh, the semifinals are going on. And so Sonata just recently defeated Mark Davis, which you might be thinking, Mark Davis, thought he lost. Yes, he did. He did lose to Will Ospreay. Well, Will Ospreay popped his shoulder, so he went back to – he had to leave the tour – it's the second time someone's ever left the New Japan Cup tour. And he had to leave it to go get his shoulder checked out and hope, hoping the best for Will. But they kind of turned this into a Mark Davis underdog story. He ended up beating Evil the other night, which is pretty cool. And he ended up losing to Sonata, which makes sense because Sonata is no longer a part of LIJ. Sonata has joined just four guys. It is now just five guys. Another one of the newer factions with Tai Chi. And now Sonata is officially a part of it. I've said it for a long time, Garrett. I, I would not be surprised if Sonata finally got the rub to be in the world championship contenders. Like, not just a one-off match like he's done with Okada before. Oh, yeah. We, we, I could see we, Sonata been, winning the big belt. Yes, we, we've off. been saying for a while there needs to be a new guy that can carry the title when so that Okada's not champion all the time, you know? Yep. Um, Sonata could be that guy. I, I, that's a name I've been hearing for years now. So, you know. And now he's, you know, in the new faction and... You know, the other match that happened last night was David Finley and Tomatonga, and this that was not a good match. I'm just going to be straight up. Put the belt on Finley. Do it, cowards. It, this was not. This was a very, very rough match. Have Finley um, beat Kenny Omega for his title, cowards. You could do that for sure. David Finley um, is officially the new leader of Bullet Club. So, yeah, we got to see where they run with it. And I, I've been enjoying this cup. I've been... I've been catching all the matches, uh, but I haven't, I should say the cup matches. I have been catching them all, but I, I've been missing some of the beginning ones. Like uh, last night, I didn't catch any of the beginning ones, but um, yeah. So Bro, I just, I say I, last night, it was really technically two nights ago in Japan. I wish the AEW had the pull with New Japan to make that match with Vikingo a, a title match. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, anyway. imagine. Oh, anyway. Kylan King, she, she was uh, recently on AEW about two months ago. 
She has signed an exclusive contract with Impact Wrestling. So get on, good on Impact for bringing her in. She's really good. And yeah, been on my radar she, for a while. I'm shocked she's not an AEW wrestler, to be honest with you. But yeah, and Tony she Khan doesn't see it. I guess AEW wrestler this week to win their tag titles. So <laughs> yeah. uh, Taya Valkyrie lost the tag titles in Impact. So Kylan <laughs> King's uh, new partnership there. They won that. So. Impact's always done some pretty good stuff. That's cool. So So she was on Impact and AEW this week. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, It is pretty cool. Dan Housen suffered a torn peck at AEW Revolution. This kind of broke the waves on Thursday by Dan Housen. He tore his peckhausen? Tore his peckhausen. Unsure of how long he'll be out of action. Uh, No one knows if it was a low grade or a high grade tear yet. Um, Injury will keep him out for a couple months. He gets such horrific injuries for a guy that, I'm not just going to be honest, that doesn't wrestle that often. It's fucked. It's very unlucky, and yeah, uh, didn't he come into AW with a broken arm or leg or something? Like it was something, and you know, I hope he's only sidelined like off TV, maybe for another week or two, like until he gets a surgery. But I'm hoping as he's healing, he's still a member of the roster because, like you just said, we didn't we didn't see him wrestle all that often. He would still get his stuff in, so I'm hoping uh, hoping they figure that out. Real quick, I'm going to fly through this because I wasn't sure if we wanted to cover this. But AW just ran their first house rules. And again, records matter in AW. So I, I, I don't, I, I'm assuming this counts. I don't know if it's going to be on dark. I don't know what they're doing with that. I'm just going to fly through this. All right. Ethan Page defeated Sean Dean. Hook then defeated Ethan Page. Jeff Jarrett, who came out to a monster pop, defeated Brian Pillman Jr. Ruby Soho defeated Hollywood Haley. Um, then Tony Khan made a little promo thanking everyone. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen defeated the Butcher and the Blade. QT Marshall defeated the debuting for the company. He's been a producer for a long time. Uh, Pat Buck. So Pat Buck got a match. That was pretty cool. Britt Baker defeated Anna J.A.S. That was her return. TNT champion Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Christopher Daniels to retain. So again, is this count as a title retention? Like when we're breaking down Hobbs' reign? I don't. No. John Moxley and Claudio defeated Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. So, um, well, if all those show up on Dark in two weeks, I'm sorry I just spoiled it all for you. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't know how this is going to work. This is new. This is new territory. So do people really get mad over Dark spoilers, though? Let's be no, honest. there's no way they do. In every match there, it was pretty obvious who was going to win. The Best of the Super Juniors 30 has been announced, and it will run May 12th to May 28th. A lot of hope that AEW shares some of the roster. I was kind of running through some online forums, and people are really hoping. And I, one of the quotes I saw, they're like, "Just I really hope AEW is not stingy with their roster because they want some of the people here." I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess to each their own." No, but it would make sense. Um, Impact wrestlers will come here. AEW, you name it. Uh, Ring of Honor now, most likely. I'm sure Blake Christian hopefully gets a run in this, and he's technically Ring of Honor, so. Yeah, uh, the Super Juniors is always a fucking blast. And just, is there an yeah, AEW name that just immediately springs to the top of your head? You're like, oh, he, I could see him doing this. Is there one that uh, he's involved a lot? Oh, my God. That would be huge. I don't know. Oh, when's Double or Nothing? It might be right Daniel now. Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Yeah, that'd be awesome. One that immediately springs to my brain that would just signify AEW is if they send over top flight. Have them both in the tournament. Darius and Dante, I think would be huge. And I don't know if they're going to be involved in significant storylines then again, but they are on 
they are involved in a, in a storyline. Ooh, because I heavily. think they would use him better for this turn for that tournament. Um, throw because he's small enough. Throw fucking Brian Cage in there. <laughs> Damn it! No, seriously, it. he's small enough. He's. <laughs> I'm not being a dick. He would be considered a super junior in Japan. I uh, know he wouldn't. Kenny Omega was a junior in Japan. When he was junior sized. Yes. Kenny put on some weight, even though it's really just, you know, changing your hair. <laughs> um, AEW announced Forbidden Door 2 as part of their summer Canadian tour. So it will be happening June 25th. It's about a month after Double or Nothing. Basically, June 28th, July 5th, July 12th, July 14th, and July 15th, they're all in fucking Canada. So, awesome for everyone, uh, the Canadian good brothers. Wait, Charlie, did the, did the Bucks ever win the big titles in Japan? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they, they were heavyweights at the end of the run. Okay, I was, because I, I knew they had the juniors at one point, I just didn't know if they actually, if they, if they oh, won yeah. the, the you, big tags. You could see, Matt was, uh, what's, what's the term there? Fuck, bulking season. You could tell Matt was bulking when they were in their heavyweight run. It was kind of cool. You could you could literally see the physical changes. Matt, like was you could see, through. did it change how they wrestled at all, or were they still the same? Nope. Oh, that's nope. crazy. That means they were really working their hundred percent wrestled, still the same. And yeah, Matt, you can't really tell now because he's you know he's cut since then. But oh yeah, yeah. he's he could he could wrestle. Matt as a bulked up pretty fucking fast. Yeah, and, and it was it was really cool to see just his his progress and his change to want to truly become a heavyweight. And yeah. But that I love those guys in Japan so much. I should go back and watch some of that stuff. Kenny Omega said he hasn't had an epiphany over wrestling future yet. Pretty much Kenny is still deciding. Again, I, I don't think Kenny's going anywhere, but I could be completely wrong. Last but not least, Ring of Honor. So if there's anything... Okay, Charlie, imagine this. Just hear, hear me out. What if Kenny's last singles match in AEW is Vikingo? That would be tragic. Not really, because it'd be a good match to go out on. Oh, I mean, it would be a good match to go out on. I'd just be very sad. I'd be very sad. Oh, I understand. Well, you could still go watch him in WWE. Don't lie. Oh, Kenneth. Kenneth Kenneth in the WWE. I just want to see Kenneth versus Ezekiel. All right, I'm going to run through these uh, ROH results. If there's anything you want to stop on, let me know. All right. Claudio Casanoli defeats Willie Mack. Dante Martin defeats Mike Bennett, and I thought was something a really fun match. Yeah, no, this is good. Mike Bennett. Every time we watch a Mike Bennett match, I'm like, "This is what I'm telling Charlie." Charlie. I know you're a Mike Bennett fan, but I always talk to you like like you're not. Like I'm like, "This is what I'm talking about, man." You know. Anyway, <clears throat> no, spread the truth. Spread your truth. Exactly. Yeah, there's been some clips on from going viral on. I shouldn't say viral, but making their waves on Twitter from this match. Really, really good highlights here. Mm-hmm. Metalik and Blake Christian defeated Ari Devari and Slim J. Slim yeah, J is Charlie, built but what's different. the story with that frog splash, though? <sighs> Fuck, you got me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Slim J is built different in Ring of Honor. I-, I don't know where the fuck this was on Dark, but hey, I'm I'm here for it. The J is slimming. The J is slimming. Metalik and Blake Christian look good as a tag, but yes. apparently they're not going to be a tag for long. What? <laughs> Moving on to a trio. Uh Oh! <laughs> uh joe versus briscoe stuff briscoe challenged tony niece for this week and then just more mark briscoe stuff announcing the reach for the ladder reach for the sky ladder match they did officially pull it up like it was uh they said this week on aw rampage so they are going to be doing that going forward for rampage, ring of honor stuff eddie kingston jobbed out jeeves k um claudio's coffee took the heat in this match yep lexi nair interviewed the trust busters mark Sterling tried to walk away 
the, he tried to like pretty much talk away the losses, but Tavares was pissed off, challenged Metalik and Christian to a trios match if they could find a partner. Proving Grounds match. Uh, Athena defeated Hyan, who we learned she was in the ROH tournament in 2020. Yeah. Was making some waves, got injured, and now she's back. So I'm assuming she's going to be a part like of Ring of Honor going forward. women she's faced with that exact same story. And, I, you know, I'm not surprised. I bet there were people that were going hard in those tournaments and stuff like yep. that, trying to get their name out there, and it just it didn't work out. And then Ring of Honor basically got shut down in the pandemic, you know? so. And I, I think we only saw her on Dark once. So, well, yeah, I remember the name. It stuck out, but yeah. it didn't super stick out. You know what I mean? So, exactly. Uh, Lexi and Aaron was, uh, oh, uh, after the Athena just doing the fucking the face slam onto the title. Really good stuff. I, I yep. love that that gimmick. Yep. Lexi and Aaron backstage with Metalik and Christian. Christian kind of doing more of his heartfelt promo, and he's just really excited to be with Metalik again. Air Fox joins him. And they're keeping an eye on the ROH six-man title tonight, is what they said. Beautiful stuff. This is a trio I can really get behind. The last real man, Silas Young, jobs out uh, Marcus Cross, beats his ass. This was uh, so funny. So we watched this together this week, y'all. I just want to share this with them. We were watching this together this week, y'all. And Silas Young hit the hit, hits the ring. And Silas Young is one of these guys that we, we, we peaked at the Ring of Honor when Silas Young was still active in it. And... Uh, he was one of those guys where we were like, uh, but you, so you, when we were watching this, I'll, I'll let them know. We we're just like, uh, at first. And then, so I was okay, like, do we ahead. really need a Silas Young, you know, squash match? Eh. Hey, but hey, but it set up something that wasn't right. That's all you can ask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was getting. Yeah. I didn't end up winning the over by the end. I just thought that was funny. Like we were both, I, I, I was with you, but I was, I was holding my breath because this ring of honor hasn't been like that yet. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and it didn't. So we're good. And none under none other than Shane Taylor interrupts yeah. and pretty much claims the challenge for next week. I am rooting for Shane Taylor harder than that. I am a big fan of Shane Taylor at the recent ring of honor pay-per-view. It was, it was Shane and uh, I believe, uh, oh, oh sh- fuck. Something like Oshan took on uh, the swerve in our glory. And it was such a fun match. Such a fun match. Lexi Nair interviewed Athena. I thought these two had some really fun chemistry in this interview. Uh, Lexi Nair is not afraid to bite back, which I thought was something really nice. I, I, I don't know. Lexi Nair in these Ring of Honor promos, she has this certain vibe to her that I'm like, I really buy into. I wonder if they're just letting her try more stuff out. And then because it's on Ring of Honor, if it doesn't work, they don't have to. I think they're just yeah, she having be, her experiment she be the on the leading there. lady on Ring of Honor, the leading promo person. I like that. That puts her in that position. It makes her feel like more important in the Ring of Honor sense. But like, I just think that it's easier for her to do that than if, if this was like televised itself. I don't think they'd have her do that either. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be even less likely just because Ring of Honor, if they were trying to build an audience on TV, would be even more desperate than AEW. I think that's the only reason why AEW doesn't have her do that on AEW. It's because yeah, you, you don't she, know if she it's going really, Exactly. And I thought she had really nice chemistry with Athena. And this was all about Athena calling out Yuka Sakazaki. She yeah. said she's wrestling in Japan despite being, quote, injured. And that <laughs> meant Sasaki was afraid of her. Or Sakazaki was afraid of her. Athena challenged Sakazaki to a title match at Supercard of Honor. This card is shaping up to be something really fun. Absolutely. It's going to be – that's – I'm telling people have been sleeping on these Ring of Honor pay-per-views the last like, two years, dude. They've been pretty good. Like, Just such a such fun stuff. Um, A six-man tag team championship. The embassy defeats Dalton Castle and the boys. I thought Castle looked good. Uh, I I think Bishop Khan is no longer being called Bishop Khan. I think he's just Khan. I think that was a three-week stint of Bishop Khan. And I, I actually really like that name. But, hey, 
teach their own. Khan's an easy name to remember, too. He looks like a badass. After the match, the embassy were putting the boots on the boys in Castle. AR Fox, Metal League, and Christian made the save. I'm here for it. I think that'll be a fun six, man. Absolutely. Trisha Dora defeated Madison Rain. The Trisha Dora Express has begun. She's 2-0 now, building up that resume. And I, if Sakazaki doesn't win the title, I would love a program between Adora and Athena. Absolutely. I'd even say maybe, maybe you know, I don't know if you want to end the Athena reign yet, but if you wanted to, there you go. She she could be a good one. Lexi Nair was backstage with Top Flight. Darius let Matt Taven know ahead of their singles match next week that this kingdom was theirs for the taking. I'm cool with this. This is a I, fun program. I, Top I, Flight versus the it kingdom. It makes me sad, man, because it makes me feel like the kingdom could do more on AEW, but... Whatever. Yeah, maybe they were always intended to be their core Ring of Honor heels. No, I don't they know. clearly were. That's why they put yeah. them on the shelf and they only used them when they needed like a good match, you know. Like, but because they're good TV wrestlers, man. They've been doing it on the, you know, he's he, the two of them, Maria and Mike, have been doing this on Impact for years. They, they would have. I'm surprised that maybe didn't use them more. They're so perfect for that role. Like they fit into it in every company they've gone to. Yeah. Whatever. The the tag team debut or re debut. Of Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel took on the Outrunners, who neither of us were surprised to see on. Who Ring neither of, Honor. of us could outrun this week. Yeah, these guys are just they're they're gonna be your, uh, you know, your fun little enhancement team that gets beat beats other enhancement talents. And yeah, Truth Magnum, Turbo Floyd. I mean, hey, no lie, they stick out. I mean, the fact that I remember their names so easily too is uh, it shows what they're doing. Um, I love Daniels and Seidel as a team. I already love it, and that after the end of the match, Aussie Open made their way to the ring. Made their way to the stage, I should say. Kyle Fletcher grabs the mic, sits, you know, pretty much says, hey, we want to be World Tag Team Champions, and we're going to ensue a challenge. They accept. <laughs> there, was, there was a couple funny lines about, uh, you know, when you guys won your titles in 2006, I was seven years old. <laughs> that made Caprice uh, shriek. It's like, oh god, <laughs> you know, like, no, no. Uh, that was pretty good. But Aussie Open versus Daniels and Seidel. I mean, fuck. Count me in, huh? Absolutely, there. Bye. And then in your pretty, you know, run of the mill main event here, uh, I like the guys main eventing though. Clark Connors, Wheeler Yuta for the ROH Pure Championship. We had our Dean Malenko, BJ Whitmer, Colt Command as the judges. You know, this was a pretty run-of-the-mill ROH pure match. Um, that you know, the the current state of the belt, they they use the rules well. You know, uh, Yuta gets his free little, he gets his one cheap closed fist, then his free closed fist, and then he slowly ends it. The story is though, after the match, he said the Blackpool Combat Club was the best training academy in wrestling. After beating a New Japan Dojo student, he now wants to graduate to the teacher. He made the challenge official. He wants Katsuyori Shibata. So calling it from, you know, teacher, he he wants the head, the head honcho, if you will. So yeah, Wheeler Yuta Shibata, pure tape championship match. Supercard of Honor at this point, just getting stupid. I mean, dude, it's so it's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I that's you know, we we talked about it. It it's it's like if that's where they're going, that's cool. And it gives them plenty of opportunity to wrestle people on Ring of Honor TV in the lead up because we got plenty of time. Um and I Shibata, the comeback of Shibata has been one of the best things to watch in wrestling because it went from he's probably never going to wrestle again to 
he was wrestling Orange Cassidy, maybe, and then he was, and now we're going to get him wrestling Wheeler Yuta. I mean, this guy's basically just like, oh, yeah, I can wrestle, and I'm only going to wrestle dream matches. So, you know, yeah. let's do it. Let's go. Does You can you can keep it very clean in a pure match. You keep it very clean in an Orange how, Cassidy match. How, how cool is it that this guy considers Wheeler Yuta somebody that's worth wrestling? That's fucking awesome, man. I, I bet when he was, you know... At wrestling and strong, he probably took an eye to him and thought, yeah, this guy's awesome. And now look at where he's at in his career. He's got the potential to be one of the bigger stars in our business. I'm, I want to work me, with Let me him. ask you a question. Is this man one of our pillars? Is this man? Who? Yuna? Oh, yeah. Is, is, is he? Is, is, if you look at the art uh, on, on the podcast, uh, what are the names that it, it, it says right there? Ricky Starks, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Yuta, and Dante Martin. So, so, okay, so, so the podcast y'all, y'all are listening to right now. That, okay, I just thought I was just going to point that out. Just just throwing that out there that we've been on the Wheeler Judah hype train for quite I a while. I believe we proclaimed those as our pillars in like our third episode too in 2021. So I would love to go back and like like go through and figure out when exactly that was because that became a staple. Originally we had things. five, but we were like, ah, we can't have five. So we took Moriarty out, but you know, we, yeah. still, we still love the guy. Well, no, I just said Moriarty was the fifth pillar because, like, yeah. I have like six, seventh, and eighth pillars in my head. Like, the pillars aren't limited to four. It's just that four works for the you know the original point that MJF made, you know. But, um, and it also is it works better, I think, for the graphics. But you know, absolutely. So that being said, we got some AW Dark Elevation results, and we had episode one zero six. Ah. We're coming up on one ten. Yeah. Um, we don't need anything special, I don't think, for one ten. But you know, maybe maybe no, that's, that's got to be the MJF match. No, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'll take it. Hey, you think elevation? Also, really? You think elevation? That's like the lowest of the low. No, tier, no. Right? I I think I want to see him at the Universal. You think he's not going to wrestle with Excal? You think he's going to let Matt Menard do commentary over him wrestling? I think he should. I think he should. And hey, man. The only other person I want to see wrestle on Dark sometime soon is Soraya. I mean, I'd like to see Soraya wrestle soon. I'm yeah. just, just throwing it out there, you know? Um, actually, we just got a match with her at the pay-per-view. She's, she's fine, but anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so Dark Elevation episode 106 opening up with our queen, her highness, Abby Sakura, whose music is just so, so perfect now. I love it. Um Stretched her ass out with that surfboard, slapped the piss out of her. Um, let us know that she's our her, her she is our highness, and she hit that diving moonsault, which she just makes look beautiful. And man, Emmy Soccer is just fun to watch. All right, we had actual Terminator Jake Hager, who was robot in his way down to the ring, all the way down to the ring. Um, and uh, he took on Levi Shapiro. Um, he protected the hat as as he should. Uh, picked up the quick victory. Locked him in that like uh, whatever that submission was. Uh, I don't know what it's called. And uh, I'm afraid to correct uh, the, the dark commentators on submissions anymore after Taz on dark this week. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had Mighty Myra taking on Marina Shafir. Um, God damn, did this start off rough? Um, bit of a slip. Uh, she tossed her around a bit. Blah, 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 tossed her around a bit. There was a put some shoes on chant. So the crowd's even like, dude, come on. We come on. We're not feet. We don't like feet in this crowd. So I guess the, the anti feet AEW crowd arc has begun. Um, 
And she bunch of the fucking win. liars. No, I'm just. <laughs> we picked up the win with the uh, big squeeze, which is what I'm calling that now from now on, which is that's what Matt Menard called it. So it's a big squeeze. And Charlie, we were three matches in, and we were 15 minutes into the show, and I was like, "Okay, I, we're going quick," you know, like, "Yep, we're cooking." We had Jack Cartwheel. We had Jack Cartwheel back taking on Brian Cage. This man's going insane, Charlie. He has lost his goddamn mind. He's doing flips. He's doing like, handsprings. He's like, I don't even know if I can keep track of all of it. He's all over the place. Jack Cartwheel uh, is so much fun. I'll have to give him a look-see, although I might not be able to after Taz's burial of him on Dark. But um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Taz is catching all the strays this week. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, uh, the submission looked good here. Um, Brian Cage. Is Brian Cage all right? Um, the butcher Brian caging, the, that's for sure. He was caging, all right. Um, and the butcher and the blade to gone. But he was star when Midas Creed. Uh, Paul White is a uh, is a bit of a film buff with uh, with some references to uh, like uh, you know, I think he referenced like Ryan Reynolds here, uh, a little bit of Canada flavor for for his buddy Matt Menard there. Uh, Menard was going nuts with the oh yeah and stuff like that on this episode because of the, the, the Canada, you know what I mean? So. Drag the light on him. Let, the light the beam sign. That's why it made it back in this week because I saw the light the beam sign on the on this episode of Dark. So it made it in. Um, we had a ring of we had a ring of honor women's world title proving ground match. Athena took on Inder Mundi, and uh, the heel Athena Vortex destruction has rolled on. Got stumbling over the words. All right, we had um, excuse me, we had Starboy Charlie and Ulam Ulamude. I think is how you pronounce it. Ulamude. Something like that. Anyway, it's it's not Ulamude. I know that, but um, oh Ulamude. Oh my god, I buried myself. I put the fucking pronunciation in my notes. Fuck me. Anyway, um, <laughs> I buried myself. Uh, anyway, they hit a Canadian destroyer, which I was surprised by. Um, is, is this Starboy Charlie guy thing? Is that they took on the best friends? I mean, they lost to the best friends. Hey, right? the guy's got some sauce. That's for sure. His gear needs a little bit of work, though, as was noted by the IWC this week. Oh, uh, I happened to watch this episode uh, with my sister, and she had a j- actual like pop to the gear. Okay, maybe it she works. She was like, though. "Oh my god, what is he wearing?" Yeah, like, maybe it oh, makes that's... him stand out. I don't know, whatever. I, uh, maybe it does. Maybe for all the wrong reasons. I don't know. But if it popped her, I was like, "Oh, it's probably popping other people." Yeah, that's true. And in the main event of the evening, we had the Lucha Brothers taking on the Wingmen's Peter. Pretty Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth. Uh, Phoenix with some gigabrain selling in this match. Uh, Peter's balls got smushed, so sorry about that, Leva. Um, and uh, they hit the sorry. gory. There, there was a gory special pile driver cust- cluster fuck that ended this match, and it was glorious. And that was AW Dark 106. Uh, AW Dark Elevation 106. This was AW Dark 187. Take us through it, buddy. All right, all right, all right. AW Dark 187. We had five matches, so every match got a little bit of time. Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds defeated the Outrunners. Double duty for them this week and double losses. You could not outrun them this week. Could not outrun them. Riho, hey, defeated Diamante. We all love seeing Riho. I thought this was a pretty fun match, honestly. Yeah, what it was, was good. worth. Um, that, you know, she eventually hit a, like a 619 that I thought was really nice. And I, I just made sure to note that. But yeah, uh, I like Diamante in these roles. Sunny Kiss defeated Terry Kid very quick, very you know, Sunny Kiss little squash match. Julia Hart defeated Zoe Lynn, and nineteen wins in a row for Julia Hart. Our main event: 
action and ready. Do you think they'll do something with her? Do you think there's a feud that they could get into? Like, is the J? Uh, I wish Ty and fucking Anna were available right now, man, because it'll be a perfect opportunity to do something with her in the JAS. See what I mean? Uh. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is for Julia. I mean, yeah, I, I think she's she's got a safe little role right now, and we're just kind of doing what they're doing. She got some good music, but our main event, Action Andretti, defeated Lee Johnson in a pretty fun match. Uh, Cole Carter was out there getting with Lee Johnson. Um, but yeah, they, I thought these guys had some good chemistry. It felt like a pretty decent main event. Um, these are two guys that, you know, they're, they're in dark right now, grinding their way out of it. And I'm not surprised if we see this match again this year on dark. And I think, you know, Hey, I think these might be two of our mainstays right now, including, you know, just like others, we just hit Diamante, Sonny Kiss, Julia Hart. I think both these guys are going to take advantage of every opportunity you throw in front of them. I like Andretti getting the win and floating neckbreaker was the, was the victory. Yeah, it was a good match. I, I thought their timing was a little bit off, but I, what do I know? You know, I don't know anything. Yeah, about it wasn't, it wasn't wrestling. like that. Yeah. It wasn't smooth. Like, oh, uh, like buttery, but uh, yeah, I do think these are two guys that, uh, hopefully can, uh, make some waves this year. All righty, so let's jump into Dynamite. We've covered the opening segment. John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Weirdly Yuta defeated Hangman Adam Page, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. The story of the match here was Stu Grayson run wild, man. I mean, this guy looked good. The crowd popped. So good he got signed. So good he got signed. He is our first All Elite Again graphic, which I thought was kind of cool. I always wonder how they're going to do that, if they're just going to announce it or not. But, hey, they announced it. So, good on them for being the first. And I mean, I they had to in this. They may not, that may not become a trend because they kind of had to in this instance because there was a big question mark with when they announced it. Like, is he back? Yeah. Because I don't think anyone wanted to see like, – uh, no offense to Alan Angels, but I think everyone agrees that Alan Angels can go and do something to make himself a bigger star and then come back. I don't think there was that – I don't. Stu has already been a known quantity with him and Uno in a, for a while. It's like it felt like he was betraying Uno in a way, you know, like. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're tagged together, the Super Smash Bros. I mean, they have, they've been a tag team for a long fucking time. And they got and one of the cleanest looking finishers I've ever seen. I mean, my they God. Do. And, you know, I think you and I, we've even done like a 40-minute little thing about – you know, how could the Dark Order fix their problems? You know, who could they bring in? At the end of the day, bringing someone in like Stu really does help. And it does fix, hopefully, it brings some of the heat back. I mean, again, this segment had some good heat to it. And I think Stu was a big reason of that. So the trios division should 1,000%. Uh, you know, it's going to probably feature some big teams right now. All right, let me throw something at you. Do but, you think it's possible that Stu saw how much respect Uno got the last few weeks and he actually thought, well, maybe I'll get that as well? Do you think maybe think so. that pushed him? Because I think oh, I, I think we both agreed that even though I don't think Uno is like a main eventer, I think Uno could be a mainstay mid-card champion in this company. Like, I thought that's where he was going to be going, but obviously they needed to do something with Stu now, you know? There is a spot for the Dark Order and that people and people want to root for them, so... I think, yeah, yeah it's it catering. Is. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, shit. No, but yeah, this was really fun. And Stu Grayson with John Moxley had some really good stuff. Claudio looked good. Everyone looked good. And pretty much uh, they were beating him down after the match. That's when Silver and Reynolds hit the ring. And we saw how that played into it later in the night. 
Are we supposed to believe they were just beating the hell out of each other for like an hour? <laughs> I y- yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Juice Robinson had a little pre-recorded promo. On... Juice is fucking loose. Yeah, he he was pretty much saying why he laid out Ricky last week. Said Starks isn't going to do a damn thing about what he did to his injured neck. I love Juice in these roles. Um, he's going to be so much fun. Uh, we had our TBS title match. Jade Cargo with Layla Gray defeated Nicole Matthews to retain the TBS title. And so Nicole Matthews, she was a 17-year vet. She wrestled in Shimmer. But everyone was kind of like, oh, that was her opponent. I mean, the opponent was already in the ring. So I think right then and there, even my brain was like, okay, this isn't her. You know, this isn't who this segment's about. And we talking what we were talking last week, but uh, Nicole Matthews kind of had a has a similar situation right now to uh, Mike Bailey, where you know it was a travel visa instead of a work visa, so she got banned from uh, I believe America for five years. So similar thing that happened to Mike Bailey, and you know she's making the best of it. And they were in Canada. I thought Jade beat her pretty quick. Renee went to interview Jade, talks about wanting Canada's best. Cargill actually backed. Renee into the corner saying, isn't she from Canada? She kissed her forehead. And then Taya Valkyrie makes her entrance to a pretty good ovation, like a pretty good pop. She gets right in the face of Cargill before leaving. She lets, she hits Layla Gray with the, the jaded, but that's also her move as we found out on rampage. And yeah, so Jade Cargill, Taya Valkyrie, that's a pretty big opponent for Jade. Um, again, we, we Charlie, covered last we, week about we the just, success that Taya's had. I mean, she is, she's got a massive be star. She has to be, they've done it too many times where they teased up somebody coming into the company and losing to Jade immediately. You can't do it again. You have to have her beat her. I, I Taya would make sense to beat her. And yeah, I we, mean, it's the same finisher. It's dude, it would be so perfect. And then maybe Jade can either go after the world title, which I don't think you should do right away. I think you should let her cool off a little bit. I know people are gonna be like, what? Let her cool there, off. There's a no way they could book this to where they do more than one match too. Like that's true. Never, that, yeah. We, let Jade get a rematch. If anybody exactly, deserves like, a, a rematch for a title. Like, we've also never seen Jade. like Jade's been so dominant. When, we've never seen Jade cheat. Like, like what? Ha- what happens when someone actually gets close to Jade? And maybe she freaks out, cheats to win. All of a sudden, you know, then you could call for another match between the two. You know, I, I just figured out how you do it. You know how they had Tony Khan announce changes via the earpiece in um, uh, Tony Schiavone? You just, after their match, you have Tony Khan say, because of how dominant of a champion that Jade was, that we're going to give her a chance to win the title back, even though that's not the traditional way we do things in AEW. And that's all yeah, you have ex- to do. Exactly. So... Yeah. Anything can make sense in wrestling if you just if you just make there, it, you just let it. Like there are so many like, stories they could tell with this, and I Taya Valkyrie are our, our last but not least our third all elite this week. So Sarah Stocks, Stu Grayson, and Taya Valkyrie, very welcome face again to the women's division. I think the women's division AEW is building up stronger and stronger. We're building more stars. I like the song she came out to too. Like it was all and it was all yeah. Uh, uh, Josiah Williams is one of his songs too. So. Again, he has another song that's all elite. Really cool to see. So, yeah, I, I'm excited about this. I, I Again, Same. we talk about it all the time. It doesn't hurt to add more talent. And if any part of the AW roster needs filling right now, it's the women's division. Because there's just not enough people in the in the North American area. Like, there's just, 
I know there's most like what there's probably like what like three or four Joshi women that are actually on AEW contracts right now. But like I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like there's also a lot of women that are like clearly not mainstays, like your Diamantes, your Madison Reigns. They're not going to get many shots at titles. Yeah, we're going to start seeing some more more of these people uh, just primarily probably be on Ring of Honor and Dark. So absolutely, I'm assuming like Madison Rain, for example. Yeah, like I would like to see Diamante get maybe a little run on Ring of Honor. She can do something. I think she'd be great in Ring of Honor. Let her be Trish's next opponent. Easy, boom, boom. Tony Schiavone's backstage with Ricky Starks said it was relevant to be in Bullet Club in 2015. If that's an issue Starks had, if it's an issue that Starks has with Robinson, they can do anytime, any place. So cool to note for that. A little bit of a hype video. With the new Shazam movie, mixed in with clips from Orange Cassidy and Jeff Jarrett, shown ahead of their international title bench. The debut edition of QTV is live. All right, Charlie, I gotta fucking ask you. I gotta ask you this question. We'll get, we'll go through the rest of it. Who the fuck was the girl in this segment? So the girl was Harley Cameron. Uh, it was a few weeks ago we covered a match of hers on Dark. Okay. Where she won the match, and we were like, well, clearly they got something for her. Um, yeah. And yeah, so Harley Cameron, she, I believe, has been in the business a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say it was like a group with Scarlet, maybe. Could be mixing mixing a little bit there, but... Could be. Yeah, uh, she got that win on Dark. It was two people I'd never heard of. And I was like, well, she's, got a, she's good looking. She wrestles pretty decent. And what do you know? They found a spot for her. Um, there you go. Okay. QTV. Jeez, it's QT Marshall. That's why I asked because she was good. I, I thought she, she was great in this. I thought she crushed this role. Uh, I believe she's married to Zion Quinn, who is a NXT wrestler. If I, yeah, he was the rugby guy. So um, Australians. Okay. Hey, keeping why not? The, keeping you know, we uh, we love our Australian good brothers around here. So yeah, uh, I'm telling you, I'm gonna go to an Australian indie match and I'm gonna watch it. And it's gonna be five stars and no one's gonna know about it. It's gonna to. be glorious. So QTV is basically TMZ. Harley Cameron is the girl. They cut to a video of Aaron Solo breaking in Wardlow's car. And oh my god, did everyone believe that was real? I did. Um, yeah. That was pretty genius. Smashed the window, stole the title. Because everyone bought it. Because they're, the breaking capital in the world is the fucking Bay Area, pretty much. So everyone bought it. And I, I mean, again, people bought into it too. Because this happened to Chris Jericho. His title got stolen. I mean, literally. Um, yeah, uh, Solo looked good in this. Marshall talked about Wardlow leaving in his passport so he can't get to Canada. Thought that was a nice little touch. They pretty much compare Wardlow to a less successful Batista. Laugh. Hobbs will have an open challenge on Rampage for the title. They quickly fill that slot, which I thought was smart. Hobbs doing open challenges. Again, I, I'm, I love that. I think the TNT title and open challenges has a good history. It creates fun matches, and as we've seen before, dude, you, let's be you real. Just lose it. These two mid card championships, we have our United States and Intercontinental Championships now, and they function in the same way. You have your workhorse title, that's Orange Cassidy's title right now, and you have your this is going to be on the show being defended in open challenges title, and that's that's what we have with Hobbs the TNT title. It's perfect. It's perfect. And then the TBS yeah. title is a, is a, is a, um, what do you want to call that? Like a, a special event title. You know what I mean? It's, oh, it's so perfect with the way they book wrestling. Yeah. And so, yeah, some people really hated QTV. Some people. What? what really? Yep. Uh, 
So people have been really dunking on this oh, saying, well, people uh, are allowed to be wrong. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I, I think for what it was and the talent that QT Marshall brings, people still underestimate his talent. This guy knows what he's doing. And I thought this was a lot of fun. It was short. It was to the point. And they're keeping Aaron Solo along for this. I think that's the right call. I think in this case, because if, if, I mean, fuck, I mean, maybe not because if people are already ragging on it, they're never, because AEW and, and non-AEW have this history of as soon as they dislike something in AEW, it's never good no matter whether it's good, which yeah. sucks. Uh, to that I say, fuck we need to run with this, and I think this gimmick should be big. Again, I, I've we said this before, I think I would not be surprised if Powerhouse Hobbs is the one to restore a, a long title reign to this build. So and when Wardlow beats him in two weeks, it'll be fine. I I hope he, him and Wardlow are done, but eh, that might not be. Okay, I'm gonna have you take the lead here. Orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett, AW International Title Match. What'd you think of this? So I went into this thinking Jeff Jarrett was winning this championship, and I was like fine with it. I didn't like it, but I was fine with it, you know. Yeah, um, same. And that's not what happened. Um, spoilers. Uh, Jeff Jarrett took on Orange Cassidy for the AW International Championship. Like I said, uh, we got some devastating kicks from Jeff Jarrett at one point. Um, pausing, you'll miss a moment. I might be wrong, so I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify here that I don't know for a fact that this is what I saw. But they battled over toward the commentary area at one point, and they went by the Spanish announce table, <clears throat> and I saw a lady sitting there in some nice looking clothes. And I, I'm just saying, Charlie, did we get our first view of Thunder Rosa on Dynamite in God knows how long? I believe we did. I, it might have been some random commentator that they used, but it's kind of interesting because I know that there was a story a little while back that she was going to be doing commentary for Spanish, Spanish commentary, right? So I, uh, if she's still doing that, then maybe it was her. If not, I just saw a random Spanish announcer lady. If, 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 I'm pretty sure we saw Thunder Rosa, though. So that's a that's a fucking big deal. I'm sorry. You know, um, if it was her. But if it wasn't, then hey, shout out to the Spanish announce lady. Had some nice clothes. But anyway, um, yeah, so the, the story of this match was the predetermined attack on the leg from the previous week was basically what he was trying to get at. Um, let me see what happened in here. Um, at one point, uh, Cassidy got yeeted. That was pretty funny. Um there was a sharp, you know, he, he, it all hinged on him hitting the sharpshooter in Canada, basically, because, you know, big pop. Um which, I mean, if you think about it, you know, he went after the leg, but I guess Orange Cassidy is just a fucking animal. He doesn't care. He'll still fucking put you in a sharpshooter anyway. Yeah, bro. Um, he doesn't give a fuck. He had a one-legged kick. He had a one-legged kip-up at one point. There were shenanigans all over the place in this match, I must say. But, you know, it is what it is. That's, you know, it's wrestling. Uh, but the one-legged kip-up is it may be one of my favorite things I've ever seen because, God, that I can't imagine how many times that took a practice. And, and I also wouldn't put it past Orange Cassidy to not practice it at all and still nail it, you know? like Yeah. So, love that spot. Uh, great match. Best title reign in AEW rolls on, man. I, I, this only gets bigger and badder and better, and the longer he's champion and the longer... Because whoever beats Orange Cassidy for this title, I mean, unless just nobody cares about it, which maybe they don't, but for me... Whoever wins that title, they're putting a lot of stock into, you know? Absolutely. It's it's been such a fun title reign. And I you put it very well. I, I enjoyed this match for what it was. I was actually surprised by the result. I thought Jarrett was winning it. I I really bought into Jarrett winning it, especially I think he like clubbed him over the head with something at one point. I was like, oh there it is. 
That makes sense. Now was not the case. Orange Cassidy retains. AW International Champion uh, lives on. Maybe he's still holding this through Forbidden Door. I mean, who knows? And yeah, uh, people love Orange Cassidy's champion. I, I kind of hope that he does just purely to see what opponent they give him, which they also might just not have him on that show because they had they didn't have the TNT Championship on it last year. So eh. yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe you can face Vikingo. Fuck it. <laughs> just start booking everyone against Send it in. Uh, quick music video for the acclaimed. <laughs> Instead of promos, these guys get music videos, man. It's fucking awesome. Dude, I like this. A surprise song from the acclaimed. Normally they announce it. This was great to just have out of nowhere. I was, as soon as it hit, I was like, oh, that's just, we should get this like every week for like, I mean, and then it'll be anticipated. But I'm saying like, they should just not announce it and every couple weeks do this for a little while when they're not like in a main story, you know? Have this act always stick out. And this is an easy way to do it. It pretty much the music video. This common line here was them about being the people's choice, which they're in a little program now with uh, 2.0. So it is good stuff. Excalibur talks about them being homegrown talent, which leads us to the next segment. As he said, these next ladies wouldn't be fans of theirs. The outcasts hit the ring. Soraya, Soho, and Storm told the fans to shut their mouths. So it said once upon a time the grass was supposed to be greener in AW until the two bitches that aren't housebroken pissed all over the greens. They're pissed all over the grass. Soraya said they're going to show that AEW is their house. As without them, there wouldn't be a women's division, which got some good booze, which is the point. I loved it. Uh, you know, they, they go on about their neck beards and all that. Storm said she didn't put a smile on her face when she was interim champion. Hey, speaking of neck beards and touch and grass, go ahead and touch some neck beards. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, she was the interim champion, but the fans didn't respect her. They are the outcasts and love going through all the rookies like Sky Blue, Willow, Riho, Baker, and Hater. Um, right on cue, Hater and Baker sprint to the ring, put a beating on the outcasts. Baker Bro, took off her belt. They were running like a 4 3 40 to the ring. Yeah, they were. I want to get that time. Um, but she was about to whip Soho, was jumped by Soraya and Storm. Baker was laid out with a destination unknown. Storm hit the Storm Zero on Hater. Riho runs out with a fucking pipe! She was ready to bust <laughs> somebody's head open. I love Riho. She runs out with Nightingale and Blue. She had to, she's chasing him off with a pipe. Everyone should fear the Riho. Riho was like, I will brain you. Uh, and she that she should. Hater gave a nod to Riho. Well, Baker was a little more reluctant. Um, Yeah, we'll see where that goes. But I, I thought this was fine. Back to back, uh, I, I'm I'm liking what the Outcasts are doing, and I think we're getting a uh, Storm versus Sky Blue next week. So, uh, the beatdowns of the rookies continue. That I'm could sure be that's... potentially a really good match, but they probably will have it be more of a squash. Which uh, whatever. I hope we keep. I hope we keep going back to this era of our Tony Storm matches on Dynamite because holy fuck, last year when she had that run, it was so good. That's how she so won Wrestler good. of the Year for me, dude. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Menard and Parker talk about the acclaimed music video. Menard said it made his nipple <laughs> nipples hard with how entertaining it was. Uh, they told the acclaimed and daddy ass to watch on Rampage to get a taste. <laughs> I can't with these guys, man. Oh, yeah. He's so fucking Canadian, it hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah, bud. And then we covered the main event. Okay, AW Rampage. This is a bit of a weird one. Um, Rampage, baby. In terms of uh, the timing of it, because of the NCAA tournament. And it was, uh, uh, I know personally for me, my recording, uh, I got the first match 
and then I had to find the others through YouTube and stuff. So, yeah, um, AW Rampage, Rampage baby, St. Patrick's Day Slam. Okay, Powerhouse Hobbs with QT Marshall and the QTV crew. I like that they had uh, Cameron taking the pictures there. And I gotta tell you though, I could I could get behind some trios matches, even some tags with Solo and and Hobbs. It's trios with Marshall, Solo, and Hobbs. Absolutely. Solo and Hobbs could be a fun little tag. Uh, but this match against Ray Phoenix, this was fucking awesome. Um, They were out there. Literally, Ray Phoenix is so good at what he does. And I, I say it every time we get it. I, I always love when we get Ray Phoenix solo matches. Because it, the guy is such a great solo talent, too. Like in singles. And he's such a great trios and tag. And he brings a different element every time. This was really fun. And what a fucking first defense for Powerhouse Hobbs. If this is setting the table for what's to come, holy shit, count me in. Um, Pretty much the end of the match here, you know, it, it, it goes down after Phoenix was just laid the fuck out. He ends up recovering. He hits a frog splash, gets a near fall. Three super kicks, tries for another rolling cutter. Hobbs catches him with a big spine buster, hit the town business, got the pinfall. After the match, QT Marshall gave uh, Aberhantis the diamond cutter. Thought that was fun. I thought the whole QTV crew actually added like some yes, extra agreed. elements. Yes, that seeing them out there made this feel more serious to me. I don't know why, but it did. It works. Because I think of, this because pairing's seeing really them on Dynamite, work. dude. Like, if you watched Dynamite and Rampage back to back, which I didn't, but if you did, it would flow so nicely because like, I feel like as a show that worked so well because they went straight from that cliffhanger and then they went straight into a story. They were also interested in seeing where it went because we only got really a taste of it on Dynamite, you know? Um, bro, if people need a frame of reference for Vikingo, by the way, if anybody remembers when Ray Phoenix was not in AEW, when Ray Phoenix was the guy in Lucha Underground, when when the Phoenix, when he was just known as Phoenix, right? And yeah. he was going around and he was just lighting everything up. If you have, if that's your frame of reference. If you don't understand why I'm so interested in this Vikingo guy and why Charlie is as well and why everybody else is, it's because he's reaching those levels of hype that Phoenix, Phoenix was this like phenom for years that just existed out there and just didn't sign anywhere because he just didn't want to, I guess, you know, like and was, Vikingo can do some athletic ability, like some, some shit that Vikingo can do. He's one of the only people that can do. Which is kind of like why we're why putting him against Kenny is such a big deal because Kenny is the same way. There's a Kenny. There's only one Kenny. You know what I mean? There only ever will be one Kenny. Yes. You know. Anyway, little Adam Cole promo March 29th. This is his return. His opponent is still unknown. Destination. All right. Uh, Stu Any Grayson. Ideas? I you know. No, I have no idea. I. I, I Tough wrestler. It'd be, somebody it'd be cool if it's Jay be. White, but. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be either, no. Yeah. That'd be really big for multiple reasons, but. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Especially you know, maybe, with all the elite stuff going on. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the chaos if you have Jay White, Adam Cole, and Hangman Adam Page potentially being members of the elite? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. You know, let's just get him out there with, with someone safe. That, that's not me pointing fingers. You know what I mean? I mean, almost someone like a QT Marshall. I almost like using fine. the word safe more to just mean like a safe, like credible opponent. You know what I mean? Like, like someone who trains wrestlers, like a QT Marshall. I don't or... even mean safe from like a wrestling person. I just a safe opponent, someone he's not going to have a bad match with, you know? Like, yeah. 
Preston Vance would be good. That would you know, be awesome, actually. Guys that are going to be <laughs> quite literally coaches, trainers in this business for for eons to come. Yeah. So Grayson cut a promo from the fucking hospital. Uh, Evil Uno was recovering from a concussion, suffered at the hands of Moxley. He's back in AEW, and he challenged Moxley to Dynamite Wednesday. Good Let's shit. Go. Let's go. I thought that was. I thought this was executed well. Um, again, uh, this is our like eighth time in a row. We we can make this joke all night. Uh, another story here. Um, <laughs> but AEW doesn't tell stories. That's fine. So yeah, I thought this was fun. Taya Valkyrie defeated Ava Lawless. We've seen her a couple times. Yeah, but, but what was the story, Charlie? Yeah, what was the story? And she hit her version of the Jaded. I don't have the name. They had a name. Do you have it by chance? Oh, fuck, I didn't write it down. You didn't? Um, That's okay. We'll, we'll get that as, as time goes on. After the match, Jade and her entourage took some notes on Valkyrie. Um, I see uh, Sterling's back there. Looks nice. Vignette of Matt Hardy and Ethan Page training Stokely yes, for his I, match I, next I week. I wanted this so badly. I burst. <laughs> I, I spoke this segment into existence. I don't care what this anybody so says. This is so good. Oh, I love this so much. Um, Stokely's scared shitless of fuck. This, that's going to be fun. Yes. What do you know? Another story that we're getting, right? Yeah, but um, what's the build? <laughs> 2.0 defeated the Bollywood Boys. Uh, when they hey, were in Canada, hey, hey. they've been uh, picking up the Bollywood Boys. I think they're fun. Please I thought sign this was, them. Put them in this, Ring of Honor. They're so good. Yep, they, they would fit. And I, you know, I'm, I think they've wrestled on Rampage what, two or three times. Yeah, they, they, they feel like they're like orbiters at this point. Like they're, they're just waiting until they have that one match that Tony's like, oh yeah, let's go. You know, exactly. Um, this was really good. And yeah, so pretty much during the match, it was announced the, the powerhouse Hobbs and Christopher Daniels thing again, since they're announcing that on TV, I'm assuming it counts. I was hoping we'll this match by that would be more because a while ago on Dark Commentary as a throwaway line, Matt Menard mentioned that they had history with the Bollywood boys, which now that I think about it, it makes sense. Can- Canadians, you know what I mean? Like yep. that. But like, uh, yeah, just maybe, must not have had the time. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Probably, yeah. They probably, maybe they mentioned it and they were just like, having an hour show and having that big match at the beginning. Maybe it was like one of those things where they were like, well, I'll give you the match, but I can't let you guys build anything. And they were like, oh yeah, no, I get it. We just want to have them. Just, if we're gonna just have get opponents. your shit in. Yeah. But yeah, uh, double team implant DDT for the win. Don Callis greets Kanosuke Takeshita with flowers and a Japanese drummer when he arrived at the Winnipeg airport. A uh, 30 second video package hyped up Wednesday's match between Omega and El Hijo del Vikingo. <laughs> the jokes. Uh, fuck. All right. Uh, Daniel Garcia, the Riz Lord, Riz God, one of one, defeats Brody King. Um, but Daniel Garcia here, the, the big story was, you know, he. He had a tweet, and he's pretty much. It was a. It was the video of him uh, trying to, you know, do his little dance in front of Julia Hart, and he <laughs> quoted it and said, "I don't even know why I try with white girls anymore, man." <laughs> <laughs> it's like this fucking guy is hilarious. Um, there's a brilliant Twitter account called Daniel Garcia uh, deleted tweets. And because he's one of those guys who will tweet it, and then delete it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just, he has so much fun with that. Yeah, but. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I've never yeah. done that in my life. That's never, you can't, you, the, yeah, that's, oh, God. I probably shouldn't even say that because now people are going to find some of the shit I've deleted. Oh, God. <laughs> but this was fun. Um, pretty much the end here, Jericho popped Brody King from with his bat behind the ref's back. Garcia locked in a dragon sleeper to get the KO victory. This is a big win for Garcia. He beat Brody King. 
in the main event. Someone who we've been talking about. I mean, this guy looks like a monster in every match he's in. Eh, I mean, they they cheated. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. He beat Brody King. Eh, this on monster. the on the stat sheet. Now he officially beats Brody King. Eh. I, I think I think going forward again this year, we're gonna see some more success from Daniel Garcia. I don't know what title he's gonna hold. It could be a tag. It could be a trios. It could be a singles. It could be the world. He's gonna be a fucking champion. Tony Khan believes in this guy. God damn it, I do do. God. But uh, yeah. Um, other than that, what'd you think of the Riz God? And uh, any other yeah, thoughts Riz you had Lord. on the match? Yeah, the Riz Lord himself. Um, like I said, Brody being treated like a behemoth. Great. Uh, shellacking. That got said. Um, Brody almost like throws himself into certain bumps, like with like, recklessly, like Darby does. It's crazy. Imagine them as a tag. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh remember their little feud how fun that was yeah the little mini feud for the tnt title dude that was great or sorry not for the tnt i think that was for a shot right or something like that yeah, i think or, they just hated each other i don't even remember no i think it spun out of darby maybe having a title shot or something. yeah i don't remember the point is i just remember them showing that footage of him jumping him at a signing beating the hell out of him putting him through a table i was like dude that is so good Oh, yeah, I think that was just one of those. Yeah, that was a unique story because they just did that one. They were at the same signing. I wonder if they just did that because they were at a signing and they were like, fuck it, let's get booked on TV, you know? Yeah. Um, I could see Kim as doing that. But anyway, um, like not actually fighting, but like doing like a quick like for the people that were there, you know? Like anyway. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, he's just an evil behemoth, man. And uh, Jericho and Julia ringside are good. I was thinking about J- JS versus House of Black. And I think that feud as itself as a trios feud might actually have more legs than if they went back with the elite because yeah, there you can run that back and that's great. But I think if you run like if, if Julia can have matches potentially with uh, Ty and Anna, which she can't obviously right now, but say they were to run it long enough that they those two can come back. Maybe that's something you could do. I, mean, I think it'd be awesome if she beat them both at the same time. That'd be pretty cool. You know? Um Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's gonna happen. So, but I'm just saying, like, it's got legs. I feel like that feud, and it will also give that that title a longer term storyline. Which, if it's the, if it's in line with the way the JAS storylines have gone, they won't get a title shot for a while, and it'll be a long title reign, or at least longer. You know, so. Well, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like we could. Yeah, I I think there the potential's there for it too, where we could have some good fun with it. I just yeah, with Sammy going hope probably for the world championship now. I, I don't know. I don't know what story they're going to pick, but either way, we know the matches are going to be fun. Right? I think there's more <laughs> members of the JAS than just saying, yeah. you know, it could be Hager. 2.0 and, and Jericho, Hager. Yeah, you could create some fun stuff. So next week, next week, next week, we got announced so far, AW Tag Team Championship will be on the line. The Guns defend against Top Flight. Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo. John Moxley versus Stu Grayson. Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. And Hook in a no DQ match versus Stokely Hathaway. I expect the crowd to be a lot of fun next week. Absolutely. And those five matches, that's a fun show. The Ass Boys. And I believe earlier this morning I saw Dax Harwood tweeting about they've officially made a decision. Once they're legally allowed to let everyone know, they'll let everyone know what's going on. So Okay, so they must be under contract then. Yeah, so whether they're going AW, you know, uh, Federation, uh, you name it, uh, 
New Japan, NOAA, Impact. Wouldn't that be something? But uh, yeah, I guess it's interesting we'll- that it's within the contract that they can't. It must be. It must be something either about that. This doesn't lean one way or the other. Either about where they currently work and where they're gonna work. They don't want them to say it just yet, so they can build hype to it, which I would get. Or re- reverse that. If they are staying, they want to build hype to when they announce that. If that makes sense. Either way, it works out. It's by the not yeah. saying thing, you know. So. Yeah. Either way, it'll 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 be fun. So. Legally allowed to. That's fascinating, though. It's written in something that they signed that they can't say it yet. That's fascinating to me, you know? Yeah. And uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But uh, other than that, that'll be it for us, guys. So hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll be back next week with uh, even more wrestling. And then, my God, after that, we're, we're going to be getting into the big shows there. We're, we're almost up to Mania weekend with... All those shows that are going to be going down, so we're going to have some fun. Can we with care that. about anything on Mania, like at all, other than Cody? Yeah, the card. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it looks like it's going to be all right. But... I mean, we're going to review it, but do we care? It's the question. You know, <laughs> that's the hard part, right? Uh, I don't even know right now if I care about a lot of it. I mean, I'm going to be a little annoyed if Cody doesn't win. Uh, you don't think there's a real chance of that, do you? <sighs> They might if you pull Roman the trigger on Sammy days. now, you just you just get even more hate, right? It's one of those things that I think they might want Roman Reigns to get the thousand day title reign. So, and you have to beat Cody to do it. He's that close. So, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, that's going to be interesting. So, that's okay though. Uh, did you not see the discourse about the the Royal Rumble winner needing to main event every time, and that if they don't main event, <laughs> that it's a problem? And then they listed off all the different times that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was some drama this week about that because it it sounds like it's going to be Charlotte and Rhea main eventing, which is uh, a program doesn't seem to have a lot of heat. Meanwhile, the two biggest storylines are Roman versus Cody and. What's going to be the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? And those are the two biggest storylines, and they're not going to let the other one main event. Sucks, but yeah. um, Who knows? I guess we'll find out, right? So uh, that'll be it for us, guys. I feel like there's not a right opinion to have about that, because you can say, well, they should stick to the storyline, but then that just makes you seem like a stickler. And then if you say, well, they shouldn't, well, then... What's the significance of winning the Rumble then? It, it's a dumb question that nobody should have asked because it doesn't have a good answer. Yeah, and if they just would have had people win the Rumble main event every time, it wouldn't have been a problem. But that's, as we saw, not been the case. So, yeah. Thanks for checking out this checking this episode out, guys. And we'll catch you next week. See ya! Peace! <laughs>